0: First time you saw Fred, didn't you just
1: hate him? He just has that real, he just has a real hateable face.
2: He has a very punchable face, not gonna lie. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Dutton Rules Yellowstone Podcast. Billy Dukes is joining me, my wonderful co-host. We're here today to talk about episodes four and five of season one of Yellowstone. But first, before we begin there and begin our trivia question, always our favorite to kick things off, just want to say first, thank you so much as always for tuning in. We love having you here and we have a video format of our podcast. So if you wanna head on over to YouTube where you can find recaps of the episodes with b-roll all that fun stuff and clips from the the episodes themselves head on over there to our youtube channel and the video portion of the podcast you can subscribe and leave comments there as well or if you want to answer the trivia question or any other thoughts suggestions even corrections uh head on over to staff at tasteofcountry.com is where you can leave those and as always feel free to uh follow this podcast rate and review on Apple Podcasts and you can rate us on Spotify as well and send to a friend all the things hey billy
1: hello addison how are you
2: <laughs> i am good i am this is i've I've decided that I'm going to wear a different trucker hat every episode not because I'm edgy and cool it's actually because I'm hiding um not so cute hair but you're having a great hair day.
1: Mine um, does have a little bounce. Uh, for those just watching or just listening, Addison has a hat that says "Heaven on Earth" on it, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So very on brand with the the, the theme of the show, I think. Wyoming is near. Actually, my
2: yeah. Time. Fun, fun fact: uh, Lainey Wilson has been on that ranch before, and so has Ian Munzik. Oh,
1: huh. anyways, a country music tie there. Yeah,
2: let's dive into trivia. I actually can't remember what the last trivia question was, so remind me as well, and I'd love to know who won. Oh, actually, I do remember the trivia. Yeah, never mind. I remember, I don't know, and unfortunately, I still don't know, so
1: Okay, staff me. at com is the place to send all answers, correct or incorrect, or you can leave them in the comment section of our weekly uh, videos on YouTube. First correct answer gets celebrated like we do, and last week's que- trivia question had to do with an actor named Takala Black Elk. Who plays Sam stands alone on Yellowstone? He was the guy with the voice that didn't seem to match the body from episodes one or two. Uh, Monica's brother's friend, a tall, thin Native American. Um, we've seen this actor before and talked about him before on this very podcast. Where and why? What was the answer? Joey on YouTube. Correctly knew it was Isabel May on 1883. She was trying to grab a settler's gun and turn it on the wagon trains attacking Native American warriors. He is the warrior that wounds her with the arrow that ultimately kills Elsa Dutton in episode nine, Racing the Clouds. Afterward, he goes up to Tim McGraw's James Dutton has the conversation about how brave the daughter is, but that was Takala Black Elk, the same actor. I can't 100% remember if he's the one who kills Elsa Dutton, but I know he has that conversation with James Dutton. Very important character late in the uh, series of 1883.
2: Wow. I remember the scene. I still don't remember his part specifically. But yeah, wait, he played a huge role. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He he did. And so Joey is our big winner this week. And I have a confession to make afterwards. But first, let's not take any shine off of Joey, who who was there. He was first, who was on it. Joey, you are the man. I appreciate your participation. And I just appreciate you. I know you are bound to be do great and generous things for your community. People are looking to you, Joey, and are going to follow your lead as you get them out of these troubled times. Joey, three cheers for Joey. (laughs) Hip, hip. Hooray!
0: Hip,
2: hip.
0: Hooray! Hip,
2: hip. <laughs> Hooray! I'm so you you included me on this. That was that was such a yeah. good du- duo effort.
1: A <laughs> uh, quick shout out to Hayden, who we um, lauded last week for a correct answer, and emailed me back and said, "Hey, thanks for the love, but I'm actually a man, not a woman." Uh my bad on that one. That's me right here, Emmy.
2: It is on you, Billy. It- <laughs> Hayden it's okay I actually historically Addison is more of a male name Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times before people meet me they're like oh wait you're a girl yeah I'm like yes so I get it it happens all righty on that note what is this week's trivia question
1: this week's trivia question has to do with episode five And at the very beginning of the episode, there are some cowboys on the ranch doing some real cowboy kind of stuff. They're just cowboying up and down all over the place. But there's a specific move that a horse pulls off. You might recognize it if you're part of like the rodeo community. It's where the horse sort of runs and then stops really quickly and skids and all the sand goes flying into the air. And they seem to be acknowledging the horses that can do it better. What is that move called and what is the event called? Staff at TastedCountry.com. I'll take kind of a generic description because there's a few possible answers, but the first person to get that right, congratulations to you.
2: Dang, I, my brothers are going to be so disappointed that I don't know the answer to that. Mm. You
1: know, we've talked, we've, had, we've talked about this before on past episodes as well, because it, 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 you'll see this throughout the series. This is one of the cool things about Yellowstone is they do give you these glimpses of real cowboy life. And we start mm-hmm. to see it here with episode five, when uh, Travis, who is played by Taylor Sheridan brings these horses in oftentimes he'll bring horses in that are legit. Like it's the horse. He says it is like, you can Google the horse's name and go, Oh wow. That really is a horse that gets like a hundred thousand dollar breeding fee or, or something like that right. or that horse really has. Like he has these horses who are really world champions or champions in their sport. And he brings those in. So this is all really legitimate, real cowboying stuff that happens. And a lot of the actors, and a lot of the, certainly a lot of the actors and the stuntmen are trained in, in the art of rodeo.
2: I think it is so cool.
1: Yeah. It's a cool part of it.
2: Let's break down episode four and then we'll kind of come back and kind of dissect like our thoughts. So what, okay. what happened in episode four?
1: Well, episode four starts off with Thomas Rainwater and his team finding the bodies that Casey had buried in the previous episode. He had come across that van. Um, and they buried the bodies after Casey had killed them. Casey didn't really commit a crime, but he certainly did do some cover up. I mean, he, he shot those men in self-defense, clearly. Um, so Casey has to deal with that. Jamie ends up lending a big assist and really sort of stars there. But that doesn't happen until episode five. Episode four, we just find the bodies. Um, at the mm-hmm. end of the episode, Casey is arrested for that crime. Uh, but the drama plays out in episode five there. We start to meet Lloyd and some of the others in the bunkhouse. Lloyd especially stands up in a very big way that I know we're going to spend some time on. Uh, Another one of the bunkhouse wranglers is a man named Fred, who um, his time on Yellowstone was pretty short-lived. And then uh, we also meet a man named Emmett, who reveals John's cancer diagnosis. And we get to talk a little bit about that. John had been battling cancer, which is a new little wrinkle. And then finally, there's a lot about um, Beth's plan to take down Dan's Jenkins. Her plan is pretty unconventional. She wants to sleep with everyone in his family, basically. Kind of seems like his whole family might be into it, so that might be problematic. <laughs> but uh, we go from there. That's episode four point in a nutshell.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there you go cherry on top, bada bing, bada boom, episode four, which was titled The Long Black Train, mm-hmm. because. This is the episode that we find out what the train station is.
1: This is the train station episode. It all goes back to this. And and this is like the greatest part of Yellowstone folklore is this train station. And it's the place where the men of the Yellowstone take the people that they're going to kill or the bodies that they've killed. And they sort of dump them off the edge. At this point in the show, we don't know why it's called that. So I'm going to spoil that reveal for you a little bit here. Um, it's not a huge plot spoiler, but certainly by now, if you, you Google it, you're going to come across the same information. The idea is that there's this little sliver of land that is kind of between jurisdictions. Like no one lives there, so it'd be impossible to have a jury of your peers. Therefore, you could theoretically get away with any crime you want. Uh, in real life, a sliver of land like this exists in Idaho called the zone of death, and people think that you could get away with murder there. Um, That's very real. The murder part, not so much. No one's ever tested it. And most people think that if you actually did kill someone in the zone of death, they'd find some way to get you. you.
2: It's not completely lawless.
1: Well, it isn't. I mean, just no one's tested it. There was like one small crime that happened like 20, 30 years ago. And I think they ended up settling. So it was never put to the ringer. But um, the zone of death seems to be what Taylor Sheridan has based his train station on.
2: And Emmett, Emmett's the ranch hand that we don't see. He he doesn't have his, what am I trying to say here? He gets cut short, correct?
1: Not in this episode. Who's? who's? Fred.
2: Oh, sorry, Fred. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you think it. I just was mixing, I was mixing up with my head. But this is one that Fred, that's why he had such a short stint. He gets taken to um, the train station. He's the first one that we see.
1: The first time you saw Fred, didn't you just hate him? He just has that real—he he, just has a real hateable face.
2: He has a very punchable face. I'm Not gonna lie, he just <laughs> looks like he's up to no good. Like you were never someone nice. Like you know, even b- Jamie. Sometimes it's like, oh, Dad Gum. Like yeah. I, <laughs> But he does. He's not. He's not a Fred. Like there, there's lines. Like we can, you know, categorize them, and I wouldn't put them in the same category.
1: And then he's picking on Jimmy. Poor Jimmy, who just got dragged there and is still coming off. He's in like some sort of detox, and he's, he trips him up and he goes too far and and really tunes him up pretty good until Rip comes in out of nowhere and just throws Fred around. And Fred is a big man on this show. like He's probably oh. 6'4", 200. Rip throws him around like a rag doll and then tells uh-huh. John about it and says, hey, John, I think we need to take Fred to the train station. And even then, we don't know what the train station is. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. Fred's got to go on a a train.
2: And I just love what's so interesting to me is even John, like the casual conversation of, okay, God, take him to the train station. Like my initial Mm -hmm. thought is not all right, I'm done with them. Let me go murder them. Mm -hmm. Like that is, there's some psychological misconnections there.
1: (laughs) It was with the same sort of intensity as they might say, it's time to take some of their cows to slaughter. Like there was no emotional connection to Fred. And the other thing I loved about this is that Lloyd does it. Lloyd gets the dig. This is a great way to introduce Lloyd and and sort of tell us all that this sort of den of criminals and murderers expands well beyond just John Dutton and Rip. Like everybody who's part of Yellowstone in some sort of way is in on this crime. And Lloyd says, long black train. When the guy just stands there and then he falls, slowly falls back. It's 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 just such a classic death scene.
2: It was kind of nice seeing Lloyd in that position because when I came to start watching Yellowstone, what I surround Lloyd with is Laramie, Walker, the love triangle. So I've only known him in this poor little, you know, puppy, sad puppy dog feeling bad, but not even really seeing like what he's good at when it comes to, you know, his job because it's always a trying to get the girl disappointed that he doesn't have the girl where it's gonna take out walker because we're upset so it was nice to see him like oh like this is the role that you play on the ranch cool
1: he gets a little neutered in later seasons no doubt about it (laughs) but like i think it's set up that we're to understand that lloyd was like the rip before rip like yes he had rip's job as sort of the number one in charge of the bunkhouse and he made the decisions and Rip very much looks up to Lloyd, and, and and we'll see that explained in a few episodes as well. But Lloyd's a badass. There's no doubt about it. Like, he's a, a super yeah. cool character, and every time he's on screen, it, you know, he, he just sort of steals the scene, especially in seasons one and two.
2: This episode was, the beginning was kind of hard for me to watch. Monica's brother's sister-in-law ends up killing herself, and it's just a really, I, I, I wrestle with this with Yellowstone, of... Yellowstone in general, I doesn't sh- shy away from being graphic, and at the same time, I'm like, ooh, sometimes it can just hit me really heavy. Uh, that was a scene that I think was done really well in the sense of, you know, after she committed suicide. I, I don't know the sister in law's name. I, I I don't know I don't if we ever either. got that. If we did, I yeah. Um, but you see, Monica. Having to cut out the piece of carpet where the blood was, and you just see blood all over the walls and stuff like that, and like I felt like I was there, and just thinking of, oh my gosh, like the like having Monica have to clean all of that up, I just I couldn't imagine. And then seeing Casey, um, you know, walk outside, and it's their children, not not Casey and Monica, but um, sister, brother in law is Robert, right?
1: Robert was the brother. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah seeing them out there and it made me think of um and especially like episodes going forward is you know luke grimes has said like it was so hard for him not to take his work home with him now him and his wife in real life i don't think have any kids
1: they don't but
2: but it's one of those that i kind of understood once again i'd never seen season one of like holy smokes like that like i if you are someone who struggles with not blending work and real life i i understand because it's like man these are heavy scenes
1: one of the interesting kind of things that taylor sheridan does in the treatment of his uh, native american characters on shows is he doesn't like respond to their lack of representation by glorifying like the life that they are living like that Hmm. felt like a really authentic scene to me for on two different levels first of all like if you have a family member commit suicide, like there's not some state agency that comes in and does the cleanup. It's up to you. You either got to clean it up or you can hire someone and pay a few thousand dollars to have that cleaned up. If you want to yeah. continue to live in that house, like it, that's not something that like the, the police department does, but also just the, we've we got a real good look and we've gotten a really good look at the level of poverty uh, and, and drug abuse on and the reservations. And that's mixed and, and almost contrasted with the wealth of the casinos and this sort of yeah world of have and have nots it's happening there it's um he has a lot of advisors so i have a lot of trust that what we're seeing is pretty authentic because he's kind of created this team of advisors to sort of create those scenes it is disturbing but it's sort of i mean we saw a lot of this in 1923 too uh, really it's it's real and it's what happened and that's yeah. what felt good about that i don't know that's why i think people keep coming back to this show is cuz the authenticity
2: yeah. Is there anything in the beginning, you know, something a little bit more lighthearted that I just kind of got a chuckle at is once again, we find Miss Beth Dutton in a bar. I'm like, that is her. She could probably start paying rent at this bar that she is like every scene that we see her in. Beth is at the bar.
1: Yeah. She's doing damage at the deer field. Um, <laughs> What is your take on Dan Jenkins? Like, how do you feel about him at this point? I'm going to ask you this now, and I'm not going to respond. And I want to ask you, I'm going to ask you a few times throughout this season, because he's a really interesting character. And I think the perception of him is kind of a little bit warped.
2: He's squirrely to me. Like, I don't really like he's not someone who I'm like, "Mm, I do not. I do not trust you. Yeah, you just squirrely. I think is is the best, the best word. And kind of like he he's gonna get what he wants. I don't care how people feel because you even see you know the scene with his wife and all the above. And it's kind of like it's his world. What he wants, and if you don't fit in that, hmm, moving on.
1: Certainly an aggressive businessman.
2: M- yeah, like I don't think more. Like m- I I wouldn't say that he checks his moral compass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Beth takes him to that bar. Come on. Beth. <laughs> and
2: Beth says, all right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, she, uh, uh, you know, it, it's in the bar here. And I think this episode, another important thing that happened is, is the music of Yellowstone starts to become really important with this scene. And, and the, one of the bands, Whiskey Myers, is that bar band. They kind of made a second career out of, like, after this episode. Like, they blew up in, after these two songs. There was a song Frogman, and then we get to watch them sing a song called Stone. Um, When Rip and Beth are dancing like that, their careers really took off after that. And if you look in the archives of this podcast, you'll see um, we did an interview with the Whiskey Myers guys and they talk about that. But it's pretty fascinating and the music only gets better and more interesting from here.
2: I think what's interesting is so i had heard of Whiskey Myers, had no clue they were associated with Yellowstone. And when I saw that and it literally like on the back of the band, like the little, um, like the backstage, the st- the backdrop said Whiskey Myers, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is probably why they blew up." Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that they had come from Yellowstone, so I was like, "Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense."
1: They had some level of fame before because the lead singer was in another pretty popular Texas band, um, but this took their oh career from like a maybe like a five to a seven or an eight in terms
0: of that scene. Hmm.
2: Can we talk about the fact that, so Tate is with John, and Tate, they're out, uh, are they making a, they're making a fire, so they're collecting wood, yada, 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 and Tate essentially falls into the river. John, you know, starts hustling to catch up with the current and catch Tate, and literally what was going through my mind, obviously I knew that Tate wasn't going to die because we quite literally see him in every single season. But I was like, oh my gosh, John Dutton's luck. Like, that's talk about never being forgiven. Like, the one time John is like, fine, you know, finally Casey's loosening the reins. Monica's like, they're giving him more trust. And I'm like, this would happen to John Dutton. This totally would.
1: Yeah, he. <laughs> It was his fault, but it was just sort of an unlucky set of circumstances and kids being kids yes. as well. Like, Casey didn't seem to be nearly as mad at John as John thought he was going to be.
2: I guess that's true.
1: Like, there was no screaming. Amy Monica. She didn't, you know, have oh. that panicky sort of mother tantrum.
2: That is true. Hmm. Well, this scene, this scene, this episode, we also learned that I knew that John had cancer once before, but I didn't know where it originated. I didn't know that his kids never knew in the beginning. Um, And at least in this episode, it seems like, okay, we are dealing with it, but I, I just didn't know the extent. But I will say... When Tate points out when they were at the river and John has leaned leaned back and, you know, his gut's kind of showing a little bit and uh, you can see the stitch line. I don't know if you thought – and so Tate goes, you know, what's what's wrong there? And he makes up this, you know, fictional fictional story, but – what what got me during the scene was like, who the heck, John, sewed you up? Yeah. It looks like you're like a taxidermy <laughs> animal. Like, <laughs> it looked like, you know, literally someone blindly went, all right, let me, you know, yeah. poor intern decided to stitch John up. It was the jankiest. I was like, that cannot be. Like, what?
1: <laughs> it didn't look like a pro job. I, 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 did no! say, I did notice that as well. There was like two stitches. You're good to
2: go. <laughs> Well, and they were really wide. I mean, I've had my fair share of stitches and they're tight because, you know, you've got to make sure nothing spills out. And I'm like, there there is no way in real life that that thing is staying together and your insides are staying in.
1: (laughs) So Emmett is one of the characters that he has that heart to heart about John, about his cancer and his health overall. And Emmett ends up kind of being a pivotal character throughout this. We don't see a lot of Emmett, but he's like one of these town old timers that comes in. And every time he does, you listen to him. And if you remember later in the series Emmett kind of meets his end and comes to well Emmett dies eventually here I'm not going to spoil too too much because the way he dies is pretty interesting but uh keep an eye on him I don't know if you put together that that was the same guy though from episode season five I believe
2: no I did not
1: Do you remember the scene though now how he dies yeah okay yeah he um he's
2: like one of those old-timers
1: he's also the guy who Later on tries to get Casey to run for governor
2: I don't completely remember that
1: yeah that was a that was one of those those plot lines that just sort of unravels the don't worry about it <laughs>
2: that's probably <laughs> it why happened. I didn't worry about it
1: <laughs> uh john's cancer Is there an- real quick on John's ahead. cancer like a lot of people there's some debate about whether or not it comes back or whether he has a, a different health situation a little bit later on in this um season just watch closely because i think a lot of people have it wrong like what actually happens to john
2: is there anything before we get into we we started this last segment or last episode where billy kind of debunks literally what he just said you know the don't worry about it and we i I mean we kind of touched on those as we went but if you want to just more so like categorize that but before we get there is there anything that you want to touch on that we haven't that you no kind of noted
1: I think we covered the the majority of episode four here. Um, and I would almost even put Tate in the river in the don't worry about it category. Although it was a nice scene to see John, his sort of more, I don't know, I mean, the heartwarming side of him, that softer side of him, that contrasts with this guy who's taking people to the train station regularly, but nothing really ends up coming of it, I don't think.
2: Heartwarming. Billy, did you expect him to be like, oh, well, oh, well he's gone. He fell into the river. We're just going to move on. Okay.
1: Kind of because he didn't really <laughs> grieve all that much after Lee died. Like he has one good cry, and like he's kind of been business as usual since Lee died, and that was just a couple of days ago. Like he's not. So yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was just like, oh, shucks,
0: what's for dinner?" There goes Gator? another
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for you. Do you want to talk about that? I'm looking. The don't to worry it. about it. I'm looking to see okay. what
1: other I Don't Worry like... About It's we might have. Um, I think we covered them all in terms of the uh, the Don't Worry About It category. I I, I want to correct a Don't Worry About It. Um, Ooh, I had okay. said that Casey trading gun slides with the reservation sheriff was a Don't Worry About It. And I was dead wrong on that. In episode five, that comes back to haunt him. And that ends up being a really big, important plot point.
2: Um, well, now, after
1: episode oh, five, on. we don't have to worry about it too much, but. That did come back.
2: I will say, so last podcast, I don't think you said don't worry about it. I think you said don't worry about it for too long. All right. Maybe you didn't. Anyways, I'm just giving you a little bit more credit of like, to your point that you just made of, yes, you do need to worry about it. Yeah. But don't hold too tightly to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I would say that's true. What it ends up doing is sort of setting up Jamie to have a great, if we can, are we ready to transition to episode five?
2: Let's talk about episode five, Coming Home.
1: Jamie is like, this is like a Jamie episode. It's a Beth and Jamie episode. But Jamie, like, he has this big legal win where he gets Casey out of trouble because Casey was arrested and the reservation thinks he killed these men. Jamie comes lawyering in and he just crushes all their arguments and gets Jake Casey out of there in, like, lickety-split time. And then he is just peacocking back to that helicopter he is strutting that whole episode, even with Beth in the car. He's got all the snappy responses. Like, he is feeling good about himself. Whoa, Jamie. Get yourself.
2: <laughs> well, even, you know, there's that c- in that scene, Casey's kind of smiling because he realizes he's like, oh, my brother's on a roll and I am getting out of yeah. here.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he does. And then Jamie takes a shot at him afterwards. Like, God, I don't forget what he says. we do done something mess this up after. Saving your ass again, Jay- Casey, as he's trying to get a ride home with the helicopter. Uh, right. <laughs> uh,
2: explain so, why. Go ahead. Explain why when you said, you know, we don't have to worry about the Casey gun issue uh, after this episode. Because during that sequence is when we learn, oh, this might be an issue, but then it becomes not an issue.
1: Because I think I think the re, the chief rainwater and his chief of police and the Duttons all sort of agree that they're just going to let this one, you know, there's really no victims outside of the two would be rapists. Um, everybody, you know, if this was to go to jury, it would probably be death by self defense, which would be acquitable. But in the meantime, everybody would just kind of get a a bad rap. The sheriff for trading the gun slides, Casey for shooting some people. Like it would cause everybody a a big, big headache. So they all just kind of collectively agree to forget about it. And I'm going to say this a little bit hesitantly, but I think after this, that that plot line is um, done with. I think.
2: Well, once again, a plot, a plot line that is not done with is the fact that that scene just hones in even more how much Casey we are all working to protect Casey.
1: Well, it does. Why is Casey looked at as such like a, a child in need of protection? Like he's the youngest and he's the baby, but he's a, he's a very competent adult. He was a Navy SEAL for Pete's sake.
2: That's, I mean, that's the question I'm pondering. Other than it, I think the reason why is we're still hooked on He was mom's favorite, so we need to honor that. To me, I'm like, well, mom's not here anymore. Not to discredit, like, her wishes, but also it's like this is many, many, many years down the road. Like, we're now adults. Like, we weren't the same people 20 years ago. I don't know how old Casey's supposed to be, but uh, you know what I mean? It's like we're not the same people. We we evolve and change. I I think – I don't know. I – think it's a little I think there's a balance to it and it's not there
1: he his part of the episode is he's still very much trying to find peace with where he belongs on the Dutton ranch and if he belongs on the Dutton ranch he seems to be slowly creeping back in some ways that are both um, of his own doing and, and against his will like John invites him back and then just says stay for the night and then before long John Dutton is offering or setting up a, a professorship job for Monica Dutton Like John is trying to find all the ways to bring them back home because he says he doesn't want to lose another kid. Um, And and Casey's really struggling with that. This is Casey's torture. I think throughout the series, like to what extent he wants to be a Dutton versus sort of his own man versus someone who is loyal to the reservation.
2: Mm -hmm. This episode is where we meet Mr. Walker himself.
1: Okay, so you've seen Now Walker for an episode, I, I, yeah. and you have an opinion of Walker based on watching episodes, seasons four and five. I'm curious yeah. to know, how will your opinion of him change if you now that you're watching from the beginning and seeing Walker's origin story?
2: I still feel the same.
1: <laughs> you're not a big fan of him.
2: I'm not the... I mean... I think the aspect that I don't see of him yet, but because he hasn't been put in that position is he's a player. Like he's a, he's a instigator and he's a player. And, uh, I yes, we haven't seen that. And I guess specifically what I'm thinking of is the Beth and Walker scene where he's trying to get her back on a horse. Um, you know, hasn't, you can yeah. clearly tell like Beth hasn't done that in a hot second I think because I've actually already seen that scene, I was a little bit more numb to it because I've seen that scene before. Um, it doesn't, I mean, it didn't, it didn't make me okay. dislike him more. I just kind of was apathetic of like, okay, hey, Walker. But what I did find interesting is I didn't realize, so when they Rip picks him up from prison, John pretty much says, go to the prison, find someone to replace Fred. So there goes Walker. I mean, uh, there goes Rip to get someone who's coming out of the prison who happens to be Walker himself. I didn't realize Walker's in the car telling Rip, you know, how he actually has ranching experience, yada, yada, yada. And I didn't realize that Walker was originally from Texas. He name drops. Yeah, I've worked at the Four Sixes Ranch. My mind's blown of like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Flash forward to season five, where at the end, we're seeing um, him along with some other people in the bunkhouse with rip they're loaded up cattle and they're gonna go essentially to texas to the four sixes ranch to the four sixes. yeah and so i'm like oh he's going back no wonder mm-hmm. he's going with them i mean i don't know if this was all intentional but i'm like oh he's going back with them to somewhere he already knows and has worked
1: yeah he's got a lot of experience um and the yellowstone clearly has a lot of a, a reputation that even penetrates the prison walls where it, Walker had already heard about the brand and what that means mm. in, that, in that rumor. Um, the brand, just a quick summary there. They use the brand for criminals. Uh, and, and we see that Jimmy gets it because he was in jail. Walker now gets his brand. We don't yet know why Lloyd gets his brand. And to be honest, I don't even remember if we ever have found out. Um, but we'll find out a little bit more about Rip and how he got the brand, I think, later this season. Because uh, that's a pretty interesting part of the show.
2: And I'm not going to spoil it. I was looking at my notes to make sure it. Oh, yeah, no, to make sure uh, I wasn't going to accidentally pre spoil it. The next episode, my mind is blown when it comes to the brand and a specific son of the Dutton family and why he was branded.
1: Oh, I don't recall why. Okay, well, I'm excited do, to watch. I have have to it, you're ahead of and me. See. You're ahead of me. We've been watching I, on Peacock to sort of stay ahead yeah. and you are ahead of me on, on these.
2: And I have, I'm running past Billy. Anyways, all that to be said, yeah. that is something that, I mean, talk about a uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, let's continue to worry about the brand and, and the why behind why people are branded.
1: So the, the end of this episode, the last 10 minutes or so, I think are probably the big takeaway from episode five. And this is the the Jamie and Beth scene. Beth really breaks down in the car and reveals how Jamie didn't lose the mom like Beth did because she watched her die. And she had those evil last words said to her that were said to her without any love in her voice. And that's what she has hold on to. And that clearly still haunts Beth to the point that she went home and screamed for 10 minutes and no one checked in on her, which was kind of strange, but the whole scene was really emotional. And, um, Jamie, I I thought has that great line. And I, I love this line. And to me, this, this just, proves everything that people think about Jamie wrong, where he says, if if you need to hate me so that you don't hate yourself, I'll be that for you. Like everybody always accuses mm-hmm. Jamie of doing nothing, everything for himself, being totally selfish. And I don't see that yet. I haven't seen that play out to be true yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that scene was interesting of literally she is screaming and John and uh, Jamie just pour themselves some whiskey and they are numb to it. I'm like, she is like, she's not just, she's not yelling. She's like psychotically screaming. Like, like someone just stabbed her screaming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes on and, and just another on. another Tuesday. On. Like, even Tate's not even alarmed. Oh, there's Aunt Beth. She's a weirdo. Which
2: was, which was in, yeah, the weirdo, which was interesting that I didn't realize that Tate and her hadn't interacted before. Do you realize that? I don't know if it's in this episode or the next. Oh, right. oh, it might be in the next episode. Well, she introduces herself. She's like, I'm your Aunt Beth.
1: I think Kelly Riley and Breck and Merrill have very, very few scenes together. Like, they're hardly ever in the same scene together, if at all. I remember Kelly talking about um, Breck and being a little yeah. bit afraid of her after she gets the scar in season three. Like, so she kind of has to, like, warm them up a little bit. But um, they don't do a lot of acting together, which makes sense
2: talk about i don't know if oh, it was on TikTok or instagram but seeing breck and Merrill currently in season one and seeing him now i'm like oh my gosh
1: it's weird You're really
2: grown up on the show
1: he's cute on the show they don't give him much his acting is pretty good for his age i think and then it gets a little awkward he later say on a ton. no he yeah. just generally yeah. looks pouty or happy i know like they, they give him big emotions <laughs> cookie happy Dad Moo going to the <laughs> army. Hmm. Sad, you know? That's, Sad. That's what he has to, to deal with. Uh, I think do we find no. out? You're two episodes ahead of me. We you haven't found out why Beth hates Jamie yet, have you?
2: I mean, I know why Beth hates Jamie, but no, we I have not okay. technically found that out yet.
1: All right, all right, all right. So that's still that's still coming up. We won't talk about that next week. One okay. little s- s- side road here. They poured the whiskey glasses. And I think this is the whiskey glasses and decanter that everybody thinks is connected to 1923. Um, And I just wanted to mention that I have almost zero recollection of what 1923 is and who the characters are and what even happens. Like, for some reason, that whole show has just left my mind. Like, I, I think there's there's a couple of blonde blondes. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few. <laughs> and I
1: remember, uh, I remember a sex scene in a tree with lions attacking. That seemed dodgy. Funny.
2: What, <laughs> what scenes to remember, Billy? But also, when you say that, I'm like, wait a minute. I know the actor and actresses' names, and know you're right. Like, I, I don't remember the characters, but I do remember all the scenes. I got you on all the scenes, but why am I forgetting? I'm like Michelle Randolph. I mean, wait, no, that's not her. And that's her real life name.
1: Spencer Dutton is played by Handsome McGee. What is his name? A
2: fine... (laughs) He's good looking. A fine man.
1: (laughs) I'm going to have to watch that whole show again before we re Oh,
2: Brandon Sult... Uh, Isn't it Brandon or
1: Sklenner. It's a real... Sklenner, that's what it is. Sklenner, yeah. A lot of consonants. I remember. I was like,
2: it came back.
1: And the girl, his girlfriend is Alex, who is played by... Julia... Oh, that's right. That's another mouthful. Schlapfler or something like that.
2: Yeah, that's the one that I was probably trying to pronounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And she's British. I know that. Yeah. Um, golly, that seems Are like th- that was forever ago.
2: Are there any don't worry about it for <laughs> episode five? <laughs> uh, uh,
1: give me a second here. Let me pull up my notes. And th- there was. I thought the whole it was a lot of character building there wasn't any deaths in episode 5 which I thought was interesting this is actually the first episode where there hasn't been anybody killed Um, you know (laughs) you can kind of pivot like the rodeo stuff into like the don't worry about it category but it it comes back throughout the series so I think you really kind of have to pay attention to that and it's just enjoyable to watch and learn about that Um, totally Rip Recruiting Walker that ends up going some directions that you don't think. You know what's kind of a don't worry about is this whole friendship between Beth and Vicky, who is Dan Jenkins' wife. Like, that plays out in some really sort of fascinating ways that really, really are sort of fascinating. Um, but ultimately, it's a, a, a don't worry about it. Um, just okay. enjoy the the drama and the eye candy for what it is, is what I would say about all of that. Okay.
2: Interesting.
1: I'll say this about on that topic. There's a third party who gets involved. We haven't met him yet. But he gets involved in a in a way that is um probably enjoyable and uncomfortable for him, but s- fulfills Beth's mission. Okay. <laughs> so stay stay tuned. On that there. note. <laughs> it's one of those episodes that when we talk about it, we might have to have human resources on the line, Addison. <laughs> mm,
2: like a little me.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, but not Billy, you can't say that. Nope.
2: Yeah, (laughs) A little cane that pulls out from the side of the, the screen to reel us in. On that note.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies, count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Should we do yeah, some fan Q and A, or do you have some some other nugs nuggets for us?
0: Nope, let's do fan
1: Q and A.
2: Alrighty, starting with our YouTube folk. Uh, this is from Claudia. Who says, my take on of the Evelyn-Beth relationship is that Evelyn was angry about giving birth to a girl and not a boy, hence her treatment towards her daughter. She strongly favored boys.
1: But she had a boy, two boys in her family by that point.
2: Yeah, Three. and I don't completely agree with this statement, only because, and I'm not going to go into depth or touch on it at all, because it does come up in episode six, of we figure out why she is so hard on beth um and it's It's not that satisfying of of a
1: explanation though is it like i remember that being explained i don't recall exactly what it is but i don't remember totally being satisfied like oh well that's justifiable then she she deserves to be worst mom of the year because of that
2: it has to do with some generational past downing that I don't agree with of like just because you were raised a certain way and the reasoning does not mean that yeah. you need to implement it. Like there's reasons why we we, we change things okay. and then, you know, but like All I said, right, well, well we can dive on that later. A review from Apple Podcast says, great info, but the hosts are too goofy Episodes drag on unnecessarily. I do appreciate the timestamps are added to the show notes. I'll keep listening, but with my own eye rolling. Well, thanks for listening.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> I think she gave us a three star <laughs> review, which, by the way, we're averaging like four and a half. So we do get a lot of five star reviews, which we certainly appreciate. But I appreciate even more the good, sort of positive feedback. And Addison, we even talked about this last week or a couple weeks ago after we did the version where we were both in studio together. We probably spent a little bit too long patting ourselves on the back for actually being in the same room together. Like it was ten minutes totally. Before we with trivia.
2: <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh, we were very much self-deprecating. Literally, Billy and I were both like, "All right." While we are yeah. pumped about this, we probably should have waited to hit record.
1: <laughs> yeah, we um. So we get a little long-winded sometimes. Yeah, we mix in a little bit of silly humor as well. But you know, it's a heavy show. You got to throw in a laugh here or there.
2: Hey, that would just be you could just listen to this on audiobook. Who wants that? <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> the last one we have is from Facebook who says, I am loving the show on CBS by the time I heard of the show, it was season it was season in. Does that mean to mean it was season one?
1: It was season it was in, season in I guess yeah. it was
2: seasons in, and I couldn't access it. Putting it on CBS is great for people like me who never who have never seen it and people who want to rewatch it.
1: Some people are a little bit over it or maybe have seen the whole series and are like, why are you talking about this again? Um, And the answer Mm -hmm. is for reasons just like that person right there. Like there are a lot of people who maybe even watched seasons three, four, five, but never got a chance to watch seasons one and two. Uh, They came to it late and didn't have the time to go back and watch it on Peacock and didn't Mm -hmm. want to get another streaming service to watch it on Peacock. So we're doing it very much for those people while trying to keep in mind the people who are reliving the the show for the second, third or fourth time and pulling out some nuggets and, you know, like, like we talked about Emmett, who's going to come up a little bit later reminding you that that's the same guy without spoiling any major plot details. Um, So
2: yeah. When, I mean, we've talked about this, before but you know we're coming in with two different perspectives that this is my first time watching season one and you've you've watched it before so yeah definitely hitting both sides of the coin
1: staff at taste or you can drop a comment in the youtubes or um you know like our our person did there that review on apple podcast is always appreciated positive negative Mm -hmm. or otherwise
2: totally yeah we we have thick skin and true i mean thank you it's I love any and all feedback, so on that note, Billy, can I are we tell ready us?
1: do you have your adjective? <laughs> all picked out?
2: Well, oh, I did goodness. have one adjective that I'll tell you later about. I'm not gonna say it live on air, but no, 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 it's not that. It was just it was gonna be snarky, and I decided not to go that direction. Um all right. so we're just not, but i, you, I do lean in <laughs> I do have a I do have a, an adjective.
1: Okay, we'll remind people to do the things, all the things we do. Oh, yes. I'll I'll, I'll just listen and try not to distract you. (laughs)
2: Uh, yes, here we go. Uh, you can, (laughs) okay. I would like to say that Billy is currently, if you were just listening to this, he is all eyes currently, and I'm not going to look at him as I say this, but as always, you guys can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Go on and share with a friend. Staff at tasteofcountry.com, like Billy said, is where you can find all things about if you want to submit your trivia question, if you want to submit your questions, thoughts, two cents about us, go for it. We love to listen and read them. And if you would like your thoughts on the podcast, that's where it all goes down. And don't forget that we have weekly recaps, both video of the podcast and the episodes themselves over on our YouTube channel. So go on and subscribe and hit that little notifications button because it will let you know when. It drops. So as always, the Yellowstone, the Dutton Rules Yellowstone podcast is another thought-provoking Square media podcast.
1: Thought-provoking. It is thought-provoking. Hooray.
2: Right? Thanks, y'all, for listening.